Welcome to yet another episode of the Death Thing Podcast with you, your hosts, Nicola and Sean. And today we've got another Lynx episode for you guys. And we're going to start with Sean's first link. Okay. The first one is, is listening to a book the same thing as reading it? And oh, interesting. Yeah. And it apparently, I mean, I guess I can kind of give away enough of the point. It'll still be interesting and you'll want to read it. And what they say is that you, you expect it to be either, yeah, they're the same thing or no, you must always read. You can't listen to it because it's not the same experience. And the answer is actually neither. They're both good and they're both different as far as the way we absorb the material. So for certain types of material, one is better than the other. And for other types of material, the other's better. And I'll leave it to the reader to find out which is which. Excellent. If I have to guess, I would immediately say fiction is way better uh, like this because, you know, the guys that read these books, I mean, you're included, right? You guys can do stuff with your voice and it's awesome. In a way, you get like memorable characters in, right? Whereas, you know, when you get an actual something where you you need to kind of like stop every every few minutes to highlight, quote unquote, highlight something, right? Uh, well, it's honestly better probably to have a book because you can just go back and see the highlighted part. I don't know. We'll see if I'm right. I'm definitely going to read that one. Yeah. Well, for two things, one audio is better in that when a sentence is pronounced a certain way, and I don't mean pronouncing the words, I mean, putting the accent on the right word because the same written sentence can have multiple meanings. And the example they give is wherefore art thou Romeo, which people thinks people thinks people think that Juliet's asking where he is and you read that out in your head and you think, wherefore art thou Romeo? But apparently the correct way to speak that sentence is wherefore art thou Romeo? So she's wondering about him being Romeo as opposed to where he is. So it can be good for that. However, if you're going to absorb material and then take a quiz on it, reading it by eye, you have a better recall than if you had listened to it and there's some more stuff in there but yeah i think uh as far as fiction i don't know how much it matters unless you're you're probably not going to be quizzed on it unless it's for school but interesting okay this sort of could be an, a podcast episode in itself but i'm wondering do you think or do they say that you can uh listen to a well listen slash read a book quicker when you're listening to it on, you know, 2x, 1.5x or whatever versus actually reading it. Right. Yeah. They didn't go, they didn't go into that at all. Interesting. I'd really like some data on that thing. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm definitely going to read that one. Uh, my first link is from Blair Reeves and it's titled don't work. <laughs> and I love this because now I can say don't work quote unquote remotely because it's literally the title of it is in quotes. So woohoo, there's, there we go. And uh, not a very long post, but he goes into why not work remotely? And um, on the other hand, he calls it work distributedly. And I'm honestly going to leave it to the reader to go in and read what he thinks actually with this distributed working. And yes, he does 
tackle this thing called collaboration and what happens when you actually are not with with people in the office it has its own challenges right um so go read it and see what you think and maybe also you know we're curious about people who you know are listeners who may be doing this for even longer than you know i or sean have done before and i'm really curious what are your thoughts or some tips on working remotely okay uh, my next is a pretty simple idea. Uh, the title is Uncon- Unconventional Way of Learning a New Programming Language. And we have talked about, and I have recommended on this show before, that the best way to learn a new language is to have a project and just do the project. Use Sure, buy a book, use websites, but use them as references to build something. Because if you just follow instructions here, here's how to do this in the language, or here's how to do a for loop, or here's how to write a class when it comes time to actually achieve something, you're not going to really have an intuitive way to put those pieces together into the end result you want. But if you stumble along in the dark and just start dragging in little bits of information from a reference along the way, it's very effective. However, this author suggests that the best way to learn is to contribute to an open source project written in that language. And his reasoning is that you are going to be subject to the code reviews of people who have been doing it a lot longer than you and who are going to expect your contributions to be at the level that they are expecting for this project that they're putting out into the world. And before you get freaked out and say, I'm not good enough to contribute to name project here, every project that has issues or a ticket tracker of some kind will have trivial tickets that no one else is wasting their time on because they just don't really feel like it. And anyone can come along and fix a few of them. And I did that myself a number of years ago with Django. I did five tickets in a weekend that were easy to do. And Django had thousands of open tickets and some of them are even labeled something like low hanging fruit, depending on the ticket tracker of the project you're using. So I think he makes some good points and it might be a really good way to learn. And it's a good way to really, if you think about it, you are getting free coaching, free private coaching from people who are probably pretty good if you're interested in that project. Awesome. Interesting. Uh, Would you say that total beginners can also do that? So like somebody who doesn't yet even fully know the syntax? If they're completely new to programming, I wouldn't want to say yes, possibly, but if you're not new to programming, but new to a language, then absolutely. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I totally agree with the free coaching part and not only that, but, uh, you know, and we've talked about this on this podcast, getting your name out there, right? So your PR gets approved. And so let's say it's a bigger one, you know, later down the road and it's something that's really useful. Um, Hey, people will thank you for it and people will ping you as in your case, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. People send me money, right? Please. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so my next link is titled The Beginner's Guide to OKR. And it's by Felipe Castro. And it's actually not that short of a read. 
but it's actually concise and good. So, you know, OKRs, objective keys and results, Google's thing, blah, 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 whatever. So in case you need to slash want to do them at your work, this is a pretty good starting point and finishing point. <laughs> for these OKRs so that you can see and he goes into you know what it is in theory and actually shows some examples so yeah you know if you're curious about it or you need to do it actually a very good link excellent all right my next is a wikipedia page on someone named edward bernays it's b-e-r-n-a-y-s my brother was telling me about him recently and he is kind of famous for being related to Sigmund Freud, uh, who was his uncle, but he's infamous for being a master propagandist in that he was born in, see, 1891. And in 1929, he was a part of a huge marketing effort to promote female smoking. So he put out a propaganda or commercials saying, trying to portray smoking as a feminist act and he worked for companies like procter and gamble tobacco companies general electric dodge motors he helped market hair nets he helped market soap he somehow was involved in convincing the public that bacon and eggs was a true all-american breakfast which i think is an idea a lot of us have in our minds so if you ever feel like you've been manipulated by advertising or that others all seem to have this group think about what's normal and expected and accepted and it's a conspiracy, you're right. And it's been going on for, you know, quite a long time now. So I haven't really looked into him too much, but he apparently studied this and perfected it at least to the point where he helped put some memes into people's brains in the society that are still here today interesting yeah i don't think i'm gonna ever forget that commercial where i saw a commercial for man what was it something some cereal whatever and then with you know big letters it may prevent heart disease and i'm like oh kill me <laughs> like kill me now yeah if you ever see an art anything that says may just remember bullshit if you ever see any headline that ends with a question mark that says, can eating this cure your cancer? No. <laughs> so if it ends in a question mark, no. And if it may, it doesn't. Excellent. Excellent summary, right? Right. Hey, you know what? Why don't they add? Actually, they do. Uh, I thought of a filter for TV, but then again, I realized, hey, you people actually have, you know, Netflix without commercials and stuff. But, you know, for some people that still have normal TV with a lot of commercials, some kind of a plug-in filter, call it whatever, would really come useful. Anyways, uh, coming to my last link titled Documentation is my Gateway to Coding uh, by Jess Lee, who is one of the, I believe, co-founders of uh, Dev.to, a site very near to my heart and she goes you know as a founder she basically changes roles daily right and so but she loves coding but then you know for sometimes she's not doing it and then you know the let's say the effort of going back to it it's sometimes hard but then she found out that basically you know in order to get the ball rolling 
what helps her is to actually write some documentation. And, you know, we already talked about documentation, how important it is and all that stuff. So I'm like, hey, you know, if documentation also helps you to get the ball rolling, hey, do it. It's awesome, right? And um, very, very short post. And uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, if whatever helps you actually go even and write documentation, hey, fine. Just as long as you do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember reading something about a company that they would write the announcement blog post for a new feature before they started working on the feature because it helped them solidify in everyone's mind exactly what it was supposed to look like when they were done. Interesting. However, uh, that's sort of like a painted barn door test, right? However, sometimes, so for example, I'm going to poke somewhere where I don't need to <laughs> for Go, Go 2.0, generics, right? Then you have certain amount of people who will say, okay, you do that, I'm off the platform, I'm off the language, I'm not going to use it any, like ever, right? Yeah, I tend to be uh, reactionary, but it's not. I'm not actually going to do that. I probably will refrain from using features that I don't need. Awesome. Okay, cool, guys. There you go. Three links from each of us. Um, hope you like them. Hope you find them useful. If not, tell us so in the comments. Until next time, see you guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the DevThink Podcast. You can contact us at info at DevThink. That's D-E-V-T-H dot I-N-K. Now, go accomplish something. <laughs>